Glad you're here for the third week of our series. Before I get into that, just a little reminder that in two weeks, we are having what we would have the Mother's Day weekend here at our church. And we call it the whole weekend because with all the activities we have on Sunday, which is Mother's Day, same things happen on Saturday. Sometimes people will say, well, we're going to be busy with our family on Sunday. We can't come to New Walk on Sunday. That's okay. Saturday night, we got the exact same stuff going on. And uh, you can join us, be a part of that. You see uh, on the little thing here on the screen, it says we've got stuff for mamas like cake pops, cookies, little lemonade stand for the mamas. All right, so men, don't be going over there stealing all the cookies and the cake pops. It's for the ladies, all right? And you can buy flowers. There'll be a florist here. We've got photos, little family photo opportunities as well. All that in just two weeks. So I'm getting that out there. And of course, everybody brings their whole family for Mother's Day, right? Of course. So you already know that. So you're going to be here, be a part of that. Our series, Vending Machine Jesus, if you've been following along with us, what you know is that we said, you know what? Jesus isn't a vending machine, not at all. And what I have been talking about in this series is the truth is, is that many people treat him that way. But God wants to reveal to us the truth about prayer. We're doing that in this series, uh, kind of deal with some of the things maybe we think prayer is, and then actually kind of come to the reality of what prayer is. And today, I want to help teach you uh, how to actually hear from God. This is a great point of prayer in which people would say, okay, I'll, I want to pray, but it would be really nice if I could hear from God. Yeah, I agree. And I want to help you learn how important it is and, and how you can indeed hear from him. So as I teach this, I, I have to say, I fall into this category that maybe some of you fall into, uh, especially men, you know, it's like sometimes we don't listen well. When I was growing up uh, in school, you know, they had a grading system, especially if you got to fourth and fifth grade, they gave you letter grades. I remember that. So you get A, B, C, D, or F. Uh, but then in conduct, they would also give you a grade. And that was like usually E, S, N, or U. So E was like excellence, S was satisfactory, N was needs improvement, and U was unsatisfactory. So you get one grade for your work, but then another for your conduct in the class. And there were many times uh, that I would get an N in conduct or even a U. And many times they would say, the teachers would send home, they would have a code that was connected to why they gave me an N. And one of the things that would be on the report card that I would struggle with in the classroom, it would say, does not listen carefully. Right, this was a problem. And, and they would send that report card home to my parents and they were not the least bit surprised that I was struggling to listen because growing up, they, you know, they were watching this take place. I didn't listen very well. And I remember one time the teacher said something that some of you have probably heard at different times as well. Uh, she said, there's a reason why God gave you two ears and only one mouth. It's because you need to listen more. And I thought it was good advice from my teacher. I don't know if teachers can even say God anymore. I'm not really sure, but I know she did then. She was like, hey, your creator made you this way. And I'll tell you, that is really great advice, right? We know that in relationships, in marriage, if we listen a lot more, right, we're going to do better in our relationships. And the same thing is true in our ability to connect with God. You've got to decide that you want to be a listener in your prayer life. And that's what I want to work on. And I think everybody here would say, yes, yes, I want that. And maybe we even go into our prayer. It goes something like this. We go into our prayer and say, God, I come to you. I'm seeking you right now. Uh, God, I want your will to be done. I'm ready to hear what you have in store for me, God. 
and you're a great God and you've done some amazing things in my life and I'm so grateful for all that you have done. You are a powerful, incredible God in Jesus' name, amen. Well, you said you wanted to hear from him, but then you just kept blabbing. And I said at the beginning of this series, you know, sometimes one of the best things we can do is decide we want God to speak first. You know, in other words, we have to care about listening uh, beyond just like, okay, here's all the things, God, I want to talk to you about. And those things certainly could be important, but this listening piece is what we're paying attention to. I think God sometimes in the heavenly realms looks down and says, would you just shut up, you know, for a little bit? Now, he doesn't say shut up. But like, like could you, can you just give it a minute here while I want to share with you? Now, what I said at the beginning of our series Two weeks ago, I said a simple definition for what prayer is. It's, it really is just this, and just a little reminder. I told you in week one, it's communicating with God. It's just it's a conversation. It's how you and I can have this connectivity with God. But what we know about communication is it is two ways, and that listening piece is critical. Last week, I shared with you that when God does reveal himself, it's you, when he gives you an answer, he answers, but it's usually in one of four different ways. I put these in your notes. They're already written in there just as a reminder at the top of your notes that you got when you came in. And uh, I put this in there from last week. God uh, usually answers either no, grow, slow, or go. Right? He says no. We don't like to hear that, but he'll say no. Uh, sometimes he says uh, you need to grow first. Like you're not ready right now, but there's some things in your life that need to develop, and then, you know, we'll deal with this in time. Sometimes he says, slow, I know you want this right now, but we're going to slowly make our way. And then sometimes, and, and I shared this last week, there are people in this room, you've prayed, and pretty quickly God said, boom. And that happens sometimes as well. But it's usually in one of these four different ways we're trying to discern or figure out in our time together how we learn to hear those four different ways. Psalm 46 in verse 10 gives us a key verse, and so this is gonna be important here to set the table for what we're talking about today. Psalm 46 in verse 10, uh, we'll put up on screen, I'm gonna read it to you, and then we'll kind of read it out loud together, okay? Go ahead, guys, put it up on the screen. Okay, here it is. Here's what it says. Some of you know this text. It's a great one to memorize. Be still and know that I am God. I think we need to read this out loud together. So I'll count to three in just a moment and just kind of read, read this out loud together. Let's do it with our very best Sunday morning energy. Are you ready? I'll count to three. Here we go. Ready? One, two, three. Be still and know that I am God. Great. All right. Here's two key words in that text right there. Still and know. Still and know. Uh, what we see in that text is God wants to us to know him. And remember from Easter, if you were here, I shared that word know is a portrait of intimacy. God wants you to intimately know him, but he also says you may need to make sure you're still. In other words, there's a positioning or a way in which we can encounter him and actually learn to know him more. And we're going to learn that as a part of this, being still, being, being quiet. But I wrote this in your notes. The goal of prayer, I shared with you in week one what prayer is. Here's a great goal of prayer. You say, what is the goal of prayer? I put this in your notes. The goal of prayer is for you to know God and be more like Jesus. 
When God reveals himself to you, he's gonna reveal himself in a way that causes you to draw closer to him, get to know him more, and to be more like Jesus. So how do I know if I'm hearing from God? Well, if it doesn't cause these things to happen, then you're hearing from something, but it's not God. God wants to reveal himself for the purpose that you and I would get to know him. Prayer is not so that God can get to know you. I know that sounds callous, but he already knows you. (laughs) He made you. He knows everything about you right now. He knows your deepest struggles. He knows your very core. He knows what's going on. He knows right now your darkest sin, and he knows your greatest hope. We want to have these encounters with God so that we can know him more and become more like his son, Jesus. Now, there are incredible uh, benefits to prayer, of course. Like, you need to know that anytime you're encountering God in prayer, God expands your life. And when you have an interaction with the creator of the universe, he's expanding your life. There are people in our community right now that are walking around and they live a very small life because they are not encountering the creator of the universe and the one that made them. When you add him into your life, he expands things. He gives you a more fulfilled life. He gives you a more significant life. He gives you a life of purpose and greatness. He expands that in your life. He takes your highs in life to new levels of highs. He takes your lows and he walks with you during those low points. When you become a believer, life is not a bowl of cherries but he helps lead you through even those struggles. So there's a lot of this. Okay, I'm encountering God. These are great benefits, of course, but much of what he's trying to do is to get us to know him and draw closer to him, become more like Jesus. Now, when God reveals himself, I think sometimes people say, I wanna hear from God, and so what does that mean? Is that a big booming voice? You know, like James Earl Jones, who was the voice of Darth Vader, I am your father. No, it's not coming at you probably like that. Uh, It's not going to be Morgan Freeman, you know, who played God in one of those movies. It's going to be oftentimes in a very different way, and that is a part of what I'm going to reveal to you today. I don't want to discount the fact that there are people here who say they heard an audible voice from God, and, and that happens, and I get that. But what we know is, generally speaking, 99% of the time, our encounters and hearing God's voice aren't in those big, booming situations. And so we gotta be ready. And really, what I'm teaching you is very powerful. I hope you're gonna take good notes because this is stuff you're gonna take with you. It's gonna be a part of your life going forward as you enhance your prayer life. And so I hope you'll take good notes. As a matter of fact, I think we always take good notes at New Walk. And they did a study this week. I don't know if you're aware, but they did a study uh, and they looked at churches and which people and which churches Uh, which churches had the best note takers in their church and New Walk rated number one of all the note taking of all the churches in America. I'm just messing with you. But I hope you're taking good notes because this is important. To hear from God, here's the first thing you want to write down in your notes. Let's set the foundation. The first thing is this. You had better be willing to spend time with God daily. You want to hear from God, you need to be, you need to set in motion Opportunities to hear from God daily. How often should you connect? Yeah, daily, good. It could be, as I said in week one, for many people it develops into multiple times a day. But you've gotta decide you wanna do this daily. Now, when I, if I was to just do a survey of people here who would say, 
Pastor, I just, I, I don't know that I'm hearing from God. I don't know that he's revealing himself to me. Oftentimes, the people who would say that are the people who have not yet decided to have these encounters with God daily. They just don't do it. In fact, there are some people right now, you're hearing from me about putting a daily practice of prayer and some of the things I'm gonna share with you. And you're gonna be like, nah, no thanks. Well, you're not going to encounter God. You're just not. And so this takes a little discipline. It's what we call a spiritual discipline. They say, okay, God, I'm gonna set aside these moments and times to hear from you. And God is like, hey, would you just slow down for a bit? Would you just go to a place where I could speak to you? Would you just catch your breath long enough for me to speak into your life and share with you things about your life and things I want to reveal to you, uh, direction for your life, guidance for your life? But we get so busy, we're not even making time in our life for him. Now, what we know is the scripture tells us about the very best time to spend time with God. And it's in that first hour of the day, of your day. So you wake up, it's been said that spending time with God in the first hour of your day is like a rudder being set in right positioning to lead you to the outcomes of where you want to be at the end of the day by doing it at the beginning of the day. Because some of you are not morning people. And you're like, well, my first of the day, I wake up and I'm, man, it's hard for me like to wake up. What would I say to you? You might need to start deciding to get some sleep. Like, Really? Maybe you need to go to bed earlier. You know, maybe you just need to grow up a little bit and get a little rest. You know, I don't know what it looks like, but setting this time aside with God is critical. If you're non-serious about this, then you're discounting what I'm sharing with you right now. But if you're serious, you're gonna see this as a really incredible, important part of this journey. Psalm 143 and verse eight. Let me hear of your unfailing love to me when in the what? Morning, for I am trusting you. Show me where to walk, for I have come to you in prayer. And of course, like everything else in the scriptures, and the way God wants us to live, Jesus modeled this. Here's what it says in Mark chapter 1, 35. The next morning, Jesus awoke long before daybreak. All right, that's a little bit much, right? Long before, okay, no. And he went out alone, and he went into the wilderness to pray. We see some key elements there to prayer, but again, Jesus is modeling beginning, starting, first part of the day. Well, Pastor Gary, <laughs> that's easy for Jesus to do because he's God. Well, yes, he's 100% God, but remember, we know him to also be 100% man. Though Jesus did not sin, Jesus dealt with some of the things that we dealt, deal with, and we see this other times, I'm gonna actually share with you here in just a little bit, that, that getting away and that finding that opportunity and taking that time to start your day and put it in right motion, we see that this is a powerful piece to connecting with God. If I talk to people in our church and say, those of you that are hearing from God regularly, tell me how you're hearing from him regularly. And almost all of them would say, I'm spending time with him regularly, daily in my life. This brings you to a place in your Christian walk where you may have to make some shifts in your schedule. John 10 and 27 says this. Jesus said, we, we looked at this in week one, my sheep hear my voice, there's that word know, and I know them and they follow me. That knowing, like they just know. Like when you get into these daily habits that I'm sharing with you today, when you get into these disciplines you start hearing from God, you just know you're hearing from him. 
You just know his voice. Have you ever gotten a phone call from somebody who calls you up and uh, I kind of talked about phone calls at Easter, but have you ever gotten one of these calls where somebody calls you up you don't recognize their number and they start talking to you like you should know them, but you're not sure who they are. And they're like, hey man, how you doing? Uh, okay. <laughs> uh, and they start talking a little bit more and hey, yeah, man, we still good. We're still good for tonight, you know, and you're going through this conversation. You're like, I know I'm supposed to know who this is, but I'm not sure I really know. And then after a bit, you're like me, I figure out it's my wife. Okay. And so no, 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 that's actually not true, right? Because well, because of my connectivity with my wife, that would never happen. Because all I got to do is pick up the voice, and I know that's her voice. And she's speaking. She doesn't have to tell me it's her. In our relationship with God, if you dig into these principles, you come to a place where you realize, I am regularly hearing from him, and I just know it. I just know it. So we start spending time with God daily in this back and forth dialogue. Here's the next thing in your notes. You gotta decide that you wanna thank God for what you already have. Be willing to enter into prayer thanking him for what you already have. And God, I wanna thank you for what you've already given me right now in my life. Uh, this is important because, I, and I think some of you know this, like some of you know that it's important to count your blessings one by one. And some of you, maybe you do this already. But when we enter into prayer with thanksgiving, it just does something. And the Bible talks a little bit about this. I'll share with you in a second. But it just does something to us. It does something in the way we connect more richly with God. Uh, I, it's little things that we're thanking God for. Like, I do have a roof over my head. I do have food on the table. I do have gas in my car. And I'm not going to forget about your provision, God. And so I'm going to say, thank you, God, for your provision. This is why, on a bigger scale, why some people take a journal into their prayer time. They take a journal into their prayer time because they wanna write all the things that God has done or they're asking for God to do. And then as God delivers, they're able to go back and reflect and see all the things that God has done in their prayer life. And then it allows them to approach God in prayer with a continual thanks for the things that he's already done. But simple moments of thanksgiving, for example, it, when our girls are growing up and we took time, we'd pray with them. One of the things that we would say regularly with our girls, I would teach them is we're thankful and our, for God. Well, how about for this? We'll say this to our kids. We said, we can be grateful in our time as we connect with God. If he doesn't do another thing ever for us again in our life, he has saved our soul. That is worthy of going to God and saying, thank you for that every single time. God, thank you for saving my soul. But then the other things that he's done and provided along the way, we don't forget those. We express gratitude. We hear from God better when we have a heart of thanksgiving. If you study the English language a little bit, it's kind of interesting about those two words, hear and heart. The only difference between the two words is the letter T at the end of heart. Otherwise, the first four letters are the same. But that T, maybe for the purposes of our conversation today, that T could be the word thanksgiving. I get my heart ready by saying thank you, God, and now I'm preparing the ground for me to hear from God in a different way. Psalm 100 and verse four, enter his gates 
So this is a treating of God as royalty. You see this kind of correlation here. Enter his gates with, there it is, thanksgiving. Go into his courts with praise. Give thanks to him and bless his name. This royalty sort of encounter we're getting here is like, God, I come before you and I just say, thank you for what you've already done for me in my life. It prepares that ground. Ephesians 5.20 says this, and you should, you should sometimes when you have a chance, you should, no, what does it say? You should always give thanks for everything to God the Father in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. Let me stop there for just a moment, that last part. We give thanks in the name of Jesus. That's a little reminder there that we see several times in the scripture that when we pray, we come and we pray in the name of Jesus. That's what we do. So you'll hear me pray here. Every time you hear me pray, while I'm praying over a meal or standing up here on stage, I'm going to conclude for sure my prayer and I'm gonna say in Jesus' name, amen. I do that for a very specific reason. Well, number one, there's another text that Jesus said, do that, do every, ask for everything in my name. So if Jesus said it, I'm, I'm ready to do it, all right? So that's the first reason I ask, I say prayers in Jesus' name. But the actual theology or understanding this is understanding that Jesus became our high priest. He sits at the right hand of the Father. And the Bible says he is our intercessor. He is our intermediary between us now and God. And so if we're asking for something for God to do, we ask it through the name of Jesus. And so Jesus said to do this. It's another reminder here in the text to do this. So that's why I'm always asking in Jesus' name. Now, the third thing in your notes, we're preparing the ground to just hear from God more. And the next thing you've got to do is decide to leave the noise behind. And man, there, there's a lot of noise. Our area is growing. It used to be really quiet when I moved here. It's growing. There's more traffic. There's more noise. There's more chaos. There's all kinds of things going on around us and our schedules and our time. And we really want to hear from God. We really do. I'm sure everybody does. But here's what we know. There's not going to be an occasion where you're going to hear from God until you get yourself into a place where there's quiet. It has to happen. God speaks in the still. He speaks in the quiet moments. And he wants to reveal himself to you. But man, we got so much going on and how do we find that quiet place? Hold on a second, I got a phone call. I, you know, like, it's interrupting all the time. And everything we're doing and the dinging of our notifications and calendars and schedules, if you're serious, folks, I'm, I am teaching you right now a classical teaching or sermon on the theology and understanding prayer. That's what I'm doing here. And a part of this classical teaching is the constant reminder that getting into quietness enhances our ability to encounter God. We get ourselves into those quiet spots, those quiet places. Here's what it says in Mark chapter six and verse 31. Then Jesus said, here's what we're gonna do. We're gonna get away from the crowds for a while and rest. There are so many people, it goes on, it says there are so many people coming and going that Jesus and his apostles didn't have time to eat and they left by boat for a quieter spot. We see this as something Jesus is modeling regularly, this quietness of the moment, to get away, to encounter, to pray, whatever it may be. And if Jesus felt like it was important to find quiet places, well, you should as well. 
It's hard though. It's hard to find those places. It's hard to, with kids and chaos in our home environments, it's hard to find those quiet places. You know what some people do, uh, even in our church, in order to find a quiet place in their home? They create something, uh, might be called a prayer closet. They might call it that, or a prayer room. They create some sort of place in their home where, hey, it's gonna be quiet, I'm leaving my phone, and I go to this place for quietness in my home life. Uh, again, it's not always easy, but it requires, you know, some people say, prayer closet, that sounds really weird. Well, all it is, is somebody battling to find quiet so they can hear from God. That's what they're looking for in that moment, encountering him. Other people find other areas and ways to encounter God. I can tell you this, the greatest encounters of God that I've ever found, they're always happening in these quiet situations, never when chaos is going on. And so, we're gonna practice finding solitude. So we, we said at the beginning, we're gonna spend time with God daily. Uh, we said we're going to thank God for what we already have. We're gonna leave the noise behind and then we're gonna start to really dig in now and the rest of our time together on ways that we can absolutely hear from God. And really what this is, is an understanding that God is revealing himself all around us right now. Right now, he's doing it. It's sort of like in the radio terms here. Like right now in this room, music is going all by us right now. Jazz, country, hip-hop, what, classical music, talk radio, it's all in the air right now. How do we find out what's in the air? Well, we get a receiver that's tuned into a frequency that allows us to hear the very thing that is in the air. The same thing could be true in our walk with God, that there's, it's all there. You gotta figure out the best way to put yourself in that receiving positioning. At the end of the day, I love what it says in Romans chapter nine. It says this, that, or chapter one in verse 19. It says that nobody has an excuse to not know the truth about God's existence. Here's what it says. The truth about God is known to you and I instinctively. Like you might suppress it, you might say, no, nah, I don't think I, and you spend all your life trying to figure out how to fight off the truth about God. But we know he's revealing himself to us instinctively. God has put this knowledge in our hearts from the time the world was created. People have seen the earth and the sky, all that God has made. But look, we can see clearly his, I love this, invisible qualities as well. In other words, God reveals himself to us visually but then there are these invisible ways, these radio frequency kind of ways in which God reveals himself, his eternal power and divine nature. So they have, you and I, no excuse whatsoever for not knowing God. In other words, you walk out of this room right now, you see the sky, the creation, everything God has made, you already know he's real. And that's what the text is saying. But then there are other ways, like we're talking about here in our time together, for us to get to know him even more. Now, some people, and maybe some people here in this room, have found very powerful encounters going out in the wilderness and hearing from God. Uh, some of you, you, you don't have wilderness near your home, but others of you do, and you've spent time regularly in quiet wilderness places, and you're like, hearing from God. You're not, you're hearing from God because you're ultimately in a very quiet, serene type of place, and God is speaking to you. It's just it's how this happens oftentimes. He's not speaking to you like 
through the tree. It's like his voice is not coming out. His voice is not coming out of animals, all right? So if you think you're hearing from God on some furry animal, you're not hearing from God, you should run from that animal. If you think that animal is speaking to you, and you may want to get yourself checked out a little bit too. But here's what we know, though, is that God, though we are able to encounter him more in certain places like that, is it possible for us to encounter God during, let's say, worship music? Absolutely. Some of you have. You've just sensed and encountered him in an environment like this where you're just, you're, we're singing and, and you sense that God is there and he comforts you and he strengthens you. I do want to be clear, what I'm about to dig into goes beyond just moments of worship. I'm talking about real situations, crossroads, moments in your life, how you're going to hear from God. But worship is certainly a place in which we can encounter God. Uh, can we encounter God through looking at art, like classical art that relates to the Bible, like Michelangelo, those type of classical arts? Can we see and encounter as we look at the purity of God's word and art? Absolutely. We, we can encounter God. There's different ways to encounter him. At the end of the day, though, it's in these quiet places that we're seeking to actually hear from him. And so we're going to learn how he responds. He's not responding, folks, through any, like, he's not responding through horoscopes, tarot cards, psychic hotlines, crystal rocks. He's responding in very specific and real ways, and that is this last part that I'm going to share with you. I've got four things in your notes that are going to be important for you to know how God reveals himself oftentimes to people who are having these encounters. Now, one last little side note here before I get into these four things. You have to enter into these encounters ready. Listen to me, this is critical. Ready to say yes to God no matter what. This is hard. But I think it makes sense. You're gonna approach God and give him a maybe or a no? <laughs> Forget about it. It's not happening. Of course, we want to be obedient to God. And when he speaks, our answer should definitely not be no, or even maybe. It should be our response to him is, yes, God. And so if you haven't decided to go into prayer already with a yes, you're struggling. It's sort of like, it's sort of like a, a toilet that has beautiful flow, but then all of a sudden one day it doesn't. What do we know? There's something stopped up in there, right? That's a crude way to give it to you, but I'm gonna give it to you. How do you clear that toilet out? You're gonna get some Drano, or you're gonna plunge it, or you're gonna get a plumber, gonna bring a snake, something like that. At the end of the day, you gotta get that flow cleared out so that this thing can go. And one of the ways that we get the flow cleared out with our Heavenly Father is we enter into these times of prayer saying yes already. I'm clearing the way for God to reveal himself to me in some kind of way. And this is hard for a lot of people because you know why? You're afraid maybe he's going to reveal something to you in your life that you got to let go of. And so you're already holding back in that time to hear from him. There's an idol that you worship. You wouldn't call it that, but you're not willing to give it up if God says you need to give it up. And you're going to hold on to it. There's a sin in your life that you know you need to stop, and you know if you really encounter God becoming more like Jesus, he's going to tell you that you need to cut that part of your life out, and you don't want to hear it. You know he might ask you to get uncomfortable. You know he might ask you to do something that maybe you've never done before and he's gonna ask you to operate in a certain kind of way 
and you're already coming into this with no. So you have to decide that we want to enter into this encounter with a yes out of the gate. This positions ourselves to really hear and ultimately respond to God in what he is trying to reveal in us. So here we go. The four ways in which we can be certain God is revealing himself to you and I. The first thing is scripture insights. Remember, big booming voice, not as much. Scripture insights is a key way. Remember, the Bible is God speaking. It's his words. So when I enter into a time of prayer, all right, and I'm seeking out some answers from God, I want to hear from him, then what I also do is combine that with reading of the Bible. Oftentimes, God shows himself in the scriptures. In other words, you might have read a scripture 50 times in the past, and then all of a sudden, this thing you're praying about, God reveals this text to you in a way that you've never seen it before. And it's his word being illuminated like a lamp for your life to help guide you into making better choices and decisions. How is one of the biggest ways through Bible illumination, God reveals himself. How are you going to discover that if you don't even read your Bible? Many people take their Bible into their prayer time. Some people do their prayer time and then a little later on read the scripture. You're combining it though somehow on this journey to hear from him. God's speaking to you. Now, remember this. This is why it's important to know your Bible. Because if you feel like you're hearing from God on something or you're being prompted or something like that and the Bible doesn't back up that which you are hearing, that it didn't come from God. Anytime God directs you in your life, it's gonna be to draw closer to him. I said that before. It's gonna be to come to know Jesus more. It is always going to be backed up by God's word. How do you know if you're hearing something that's in God's word, again, you're in God's word. So you have to decide to get serious about that discipline in your life. Psalm 119 and verse 105, your word is a lamp, it illuminates, a, a light for my feet and a light for my path. God, you're guiding me through your holy word. You've got to be connected there. The next thing is God reveals himself through something called promptings of the Holy Spirit. There are people in this room, you understand that when you came to know Jesus Christ, you now had access to the power of the Holy Spirit of God, which indwells inside of you. And that access at various times of your life guides you into healthy decision-making. Again, if you think you're hearing from the Spirit of God, it should line up with the Bible. But you hear from, and for the decisions and big moments of your life that I'm talking about, these Holy Spirit promptings may be just once a week or once a month or just a few times a year. There are other promptings you can hear regularly, but the bigger ones in life, you know, that Holy Spirit prompting is gonna happen at times. But being in tune, being ready to say yes, being in the environment where God can reveal himself to you, and there's this prompting. You almost can't even explain it, but you just know God is pressing on you to make this decision this kind of way in your life. About a month before Christmas, we did something called the Christmas offering in Newark, where we invite people to give above and beyond their what we call the tithe. So you don't have to pray about a tithe that's already in the Bible. But 
when you think about an offering, it's above and beyond a tithe. And we invited people to pray about giving in this offering type moment. Hundreds of people in our church gave to that offering moment. And many of them would say, I just felt like God was prompting me to make this decision. They were getting this sense of this encounter that God was revealing to them that this is something they would need to do. And so many people in our church, through a prompting, ultimately the Holy Spirit decided this was something that they were going to do. Here's something important. If the Holy Spirit prompts you to ever do something, do not ignore it and do not say no. Because he is trying to get you closer to him and get you to know Jesus, become more like Jesus in your life. Why would you ever say no to that? So you always, again, we're responding with yes. Here's the third thing. People who are encountering God, they sometimes get it through something known as the preponderance of life evidence. You can hear from God and he will reveal to you in a moment where you're trying to make a decision or which way do I go, he'll reveal to you things that have been building all throughout your life, your whole life story, in other words. Like some of you are trying to figure out like what's next and you have a whole lifetime of evidences in what God has done in your life to point you to what's next. Uh, you've had some victories spiritually. You overcame some stuff. You went through some dark times and God brought you through. You've encountered these experiences in your life and they've built up over maybe decades in your life and you're at this key crossroad moment in your life and God is revealing, it's like, uh, I've already been showing you what's next through this whole thing of your life. I'll give you an example. When it was time to respond to God to start this church, my wife and I, we had people, they, people heard I was ordained, I was a minister. We had people calling us and saying, would you be interested in this church or this job for the Lord or we're starting a church? They were all great opportunities. Now I had to sort out, okay, which one God do you have for me? And it was ultimately not a neon sign, not a big booming voice. Ultimately for me, it was a preponderances of evidences of what God had been doing all of my life that brought me to the place where he gave me clarity that, hey, you're supposed to start this church. And when I made that decision, something that confirmed that decision, the Bible calls it a peace that surpasses all understanding. And I said, yes, that's how I know, God, this is from you. Of course, it lined up with his word as well. And so sometimes God's just like, hey, would you just take a look back at all I've been doing? And what have I been doing in your life that would set you up for a right decision here in this moment. Let me give you this last one here. God reveals himself through wise counsel. So God is not speaking through animals, but can he speak through people? Absolutely. He has been and he still does it today. You're in a difficult situation and you go to somebody who lives out their faith, they're a Bible reader, they know God's word, and you ask them about some advice about a thing in your life and they're able to ponder, pray, join you in prayer, and help guide you in a decision by giving you wise counsel. The word wise is important though, because wise is in reference to wisdom. And we're talking about godly knowledge or godly wisdom. I'm not talking about worldly advice. I'm talking about godly wisdom from people who know their Bible. Because again, 
you need to get advice or wisdom from people who are not telling you something that's opposite of God's word, right? If you're getting advice from somebody and they're like, yeah, you should get that new stuff for your home and take out that 20% interest on that credit card. They're giving you advice, but that ain't from God. And how do I know it's not from God? It's not in the word. I mean, that's not something God supports. Girl, you need, let me tell you, man, you don't, you're not happy right now. You just need to divorce him. Well, that ain't from God. And so it's, again, it's important why you know your Bible. If you're getting wise counsel, if it's really wise counsel, it lines up with the Bible. Can you get that from a pastor? Absolutely. But can you get that from just somebody who's like a spiritual father or spiritual mother who's been living it out for a long time in their life? Absolutely. This is another reason why our groups are so important. Because when you get in the smaller groups that meet throughout the week, those are environments where you can connect with these people who can absolutely give you some wise counsel. And God speaks through them in a very powerful way. There are other ways. I wanted to give you four of the most common in our time together. I hope you took good notes. These are notes you can take with you and just remind yourself of things, really all the things we've been dealing with in this series to help enhance your prayer life. And that is all I have wanted for you as I've walked through this very spiritually disciplined teaching on understanding healthy receiving from God. Let's pray together. God, I know right now there's uh, probably a longtime believer here and it's so easy to sink into some unhealthy prayer disciplines. It's so easy to forget to thank you, God. It's so easy to forget to fight for quiet so easy to push some other things aside and to not actually take this seriously. So maybe there's a longtime believer right now and God, just some promptings are, are, are helping them realize that some little tweaks and changes that need to be made in their prayer life. They're feeling far from God right now in their life and the great answer to feeling far from God is to having a daily prayer life as he reveals himself to you regularly and you know that he's not far, you know that he's near. Others, you're new to this faith, you're learning these very classical, powerful disciplines for your spiritual life. And just like each of the first two weeks, as we've had almost 40, over 40 people come to know Jesus Christ in the first two weeks of this series, there's possibly somebody here right now you would love to hear from God for your life. You would love to have a prayer life. The only problem is you do not know God. And you do not know his voice, and he does not know you. But in an instant, that can be changed. You can come into relationship with him. The Bible says, through the gift of the son, Jesus Christ. He died on the cross so that your sin would be forgiven. And now in that forgiveness, you have access to the heavenly father. For all who believe and trust in the name of Jesus, they now have that relationship. They are saved, they have life, they have eternal life. But it starts with saying, God, I surrender. God, forgive me. God, set me on a new path for my life. I'm turning to you right now. God, you're revealing yourself for the first time in my life in a very powerful, divine way. That God, you are forgiving me of my sin. Discovering this new life, eternal life, this life with you now, a prayer life. I'm gonna begin that journey now in Jesus' name, amen.